Crow. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly, back one week later after my last episode. It has been hard to add the extra solo episodes here and there. I can't tell you why. I apologize if you're missing them. I'm very sorry. I promise that they'll be fun when they return. And they'll return hopefully this weekend. I, I'm, I'm getting settled into a routine now, uh, several months into this whole lockdown thing. And uh, I think it's good. Anyway, if you haven't listened to the podcast, why? This is a show where I, Nick, host and ramble and talk about things that are cool and fun and topical and tell you my hopes and dreams and my fears. And very often, once a week, I'll talk to somebody and I'll put that talk out there. And with all of these uh, horrible cop killings continuing in the U.S. and in Canada, too, in its own way here, and uh, it's been it's been very hard to even get it together. There's always a new horror. I mean, in terms of those uh, killings, they've been happening since before the pandemic hit. And now just having this also happening, now also having cases ramping up while people are reopening is just really throwing me for a loop. But the good news is that today's talk, it's just like two days old. It's its piping fresh out the kitchen. Not to quote R. Kelly, that was a mistake. But uh, it's with an old friend, um, a person who I got to see a fair amount in LA. We, we tried to collaborate on some stuff. Um, she's, she's in DDO. In fact, she was one of my earliest guests on a version of this podcast that never came out. Uh, and in DDO and DD is just, she's just great. Um, what can I say? Her and her partner, Misha do an act called Boga. She sings, uh, does solo work as in DDO, and you can hear her album These Days from 2019. If you want, that's on Spotify. Uh, in terms of Boga, they're awesome. You can hear their great version of Nowhere to Run. It's on Spotify and also, you know, YouTube, whatever. But they also have a song called Trigger Happy that uh, will be benefiting um, BLM, Black Lives Matter, uh, charities, related charities, and... Uh, we really get into a lot of different things. Whenever we talk, it goes deep and it goes into stuff about race, stuff about Canada, stuff about music, stuff about the entertainment industry, and about how to keep it together. So I can't imagine this will be her only appearance on the podcast. We barely got to chronicling what it is she uh, came from, you know, like where her career started, how it expanded. I mean, she's one of these people who she talks about wanting to become a low level top tier in, uh, in, in the interview. But uh, to me, what she's doing is incredible and what she's done is incredible and she should be super proud. And, uh, hopefully you will enjoy my talk with her. And we talk about Ja Rule's Greek food commercial. She wanted me to watch it. I have watched it now. I'm going to tell you what I think after the interview. For now, enjoy NDDO. And check her out at ndd.ca or look up B-O-G-A, Trigger Happy, 
Uh, Spotify is probably the easiest way to do that, but on wherever you like music to be heard. If I sound okay, what do you think? I, I want to know. You, you're a pro. You sound fine. And okay, it's, well, it, there's no delay. It's clear. Let's just both talk on our external headphone mics <laughs> and just, <laughs> just see what fucking party. You know, I do these things on Thursdays with some comedians, and I have, like, such a mic set up now. Since we've last spoken, I've got buck wild. <laughs> and I don't mean to appropriate. But is it? That sounds like something Jews might have said. Years they ago. might have. They might have. I mean, where did the term Buckwild come from anyways? Do do we it know? It sounds very hillbilly, you know? And so like like multiracial hillbilly, mind you. But right? You think, like, or, you think multiracial or do you think just white hillbilly? Because if it's white I, hillbilly, I feel comfortable appropriating from them because they've appropriated so much from wasn't there like a weird era around the depression where like white people were so screwed like the poor whites and like the Appalachians that them and black people were like practically the same yes I think there was a time period but also I think I, think I bullied you into that answer but I mean I don't know because my history my American history is shit but I do yeah. wonder because there are a couple of cities like Tulsa being one where the African-American communities developed and I can't remember if that was during the actual 30s like when did the white people come and mass murder them uh i think that was the 20s 20 oh no so i actually think that might have been the teens you know what this is why we have google because um yeah we don't know i can things. google it i can google it you know what i'm i got this phone i'm just gonna google it i have a phone this is very very important information we gotta know uh, daddy gotta know <laughs> Daddy has got to know. So we're <laughs> so on the line right there. No, indeed, I'm so glad that we're both uh, we're both talking again. It's so nice. I know I've missed you. Me too. This town you. sucks without you. It <laughs> does. Oh my god! That's it's so, so sweet. We, you know, um, yeah. I don't get it. I think when I miss LA, I mostly miss my friends and like old Hollywood landmarks. Basically, yeah. Those are my two things. Oh, and the walks. Let's not lie. Twenty-one. Nineteen twenty-one. I said the twenties. You were right. There it is. So um, pre-thirties. Thirties was the great equalizer, as is the twenty uh, twenties. Also, uh, I'm seeing it becoming a great equalizer. I hope Fingers so. Crossed, those K-pop stands can keep this fury up quietly aiding all the uprisers and organized protesters, I think maybe globally. K-pop, more like K-psyop. K-cyclops, they're just out there <laughs> slaying, slaying, slaying. It's kind of interesting, this new dynamic. I mean, what is even going on? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. You, what did you say when I wrote you a few weeks ago and said I see, to see how you're doing? You're like, well, I'm having about a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I'm talking to my therapist. I'm uh, probably swimming uh, in a pool of trauma that I just yeah, keep like you swimming through. I can't actually get out. I see the stairs. Trauma. Yeah, you did bring that up fun. to me. And uh, fun. you look well. You still Thank look you. like a rock star. 
Thank you. I mean, in my mind. No. Oh my God. When you sent, you were so hilariously humble with me uh, when you sent me. Um, I remembered Boga because uh, you, we've been talking about it uh, when you know when I was living in LA. But um, you got a, you got millions of listens on your most recent single, right? Isn't that I mean, true? I don't know millions. Maybe I have no idea. One of them. Oh, no, no. You did, one of them has like three million, but it isn't the most recent one. I actually didn't listen to the one that you did uh, that I wanted to listen to, which is Trigger Happy um, that you told me about. Recent. I just went straight to Spotify because even though I've listened to your solo work, I, uh, what if this was like not the podcast and I was actually just talking to you like this? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fine with it. We're catching up. We are I have catching so up. so many questions for you. Like I need to know, I only know what you're doing career-wise from your newsletters, which oh. I appreciate. They, I feel like they're personally directed to me, although I know that they are definitely not. Uh-huh. Um, but other than that, I just kind of want to know what your life is, what's going on out there. Nowhere to Run has 3 million listens, mm-hmm. over 3 million. That's a big, that was a big song for us. That's a, a cover. We have some cover songs that do really, really well. But I listen to and that, that, and I mean, oh. it is an amazing sounding. It's really, you guys are doing something right. I mean, fingers crossed. I would really be comfortable in this new life era of moving out of my solid mid to low tier musician status to (laughs) upper mid to low high. I kind of just want to get upper mid to low tops. If I could just slide in low tops. You know what we need from you? I'll tell you. I'll white white mansplain. Please do. Do you splain? Please do explain it to me. I want to know. Uh, you need to get on TikTok or you no, and do these. Throw on, a, throw on a fedora. Throw on a half cut fedora. You know, like just one of those fedoras. It's just the front of a fedora. Yeah, just <laughs> Mary J. Blige. With. And uh, you know, go on TikTok. Go on. Uh, you know what you should do, and I, I support this. <laughs> as your manager, good, is good, uh, you good, should good. Re, you should cover choices by uh, E40. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With a half cut fedora. Yeah, you go. Lower and I'll bring to, one of my cats up. Yeah. And I'll just like hold on to one and do a little dance. Lower to mid tier? Nope. Not Lower anymore. Top tier? Yep. Here I come. If Jaw Rules commercial for whatever. I didn't watch that. I, oh, I try to maybe, stay away. I think you actually need to because it's amazing. It's a fundraiser for this restaurant here in LA um, slash for maybe a reality show that he's doing. I don't know, but holy shit. I laughed and I couldn't stop laughing. It's kind of amazing. I've got to see it. I mean, everyone's speaking well of it and he's been... In the I mean, new, as you know, Fire Festival, and then Dave Chappelle. <laughs> anytime Dave Chappelle references him, he's kind of back. So, so just nobody gives a shit. I mean, Jarrell was so popular, <laughs> so popular, so yeah. popular. But he wasn't the one that dated Ashanti. Which one was that? Uh, um, L- L- was it um, was it Dame Dash? No, no, no. Nelly, oh, Nelly yeah, dated. Yeah. Did I Nelly date remember. Ashanti? I don't remember. I just remember Ashanti being incredibly popular as well. And then, you know. Ashanti, Eve, Ja Rule, Nelly. Who else can we throw in there? Mace. Oh, like, Ciara. What? 
year, but she's still kind of popular. Okay, she's still Blue Cantrell. How about oh, Blue, Blue Cantrell. What happened to her? Um, City High. If we're going City all High. the way back. Tweet. 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 Remember cool, Missy's yeah. Well, you know, Kia and Trina have some kind of issue going on right now where they're going back and forth. Kia being my neck, my back. Oh, I know who both these ladies are. Yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah. I know both I, Trina and Kia quite well <laughs> yeah i uh have you collaborated with rap the rap in r&b world very much no never we gotta get I you think, on that i think that you know boga is gonna dip its toe into it me as like a blues artist probably not well i don't know if you've heard Nas's song with his father but uh don't do it then <laughs> <laughs> yeah no as a blues artist no but, but in, no, in my trip-hop band i think that there is space <laughs> for some work with rappers potentially you know i'm actually gonna backtrack on what i just said because i have listened to screwed and chopped versions of like southern hits from you know like texas or, or tennessee like mm. ones and when they're slowed down that they sound like the blues or something so especially the well, song, that's where hip-hop yeah, came from right of course of course but but there was such a mingling with like uh 70s you know roy Ayers and gil scott yeah all that stuff uh and, and so that which of course was from the blues too but it's like it got so poetic-y or in the case of Roy Ayers just like jam. free free-minded you know free-minded jamscapes man <laughs> free-minded jamscapes I've been listening to some Roy Ayers lately and they're such okay. a, such crazy you know like every so many samples are from them right and yes it's always kind of going open your heart Go, go inside ways. Car, everybody loves the sunshine like yeah, you know well, just sure that's feel awesome. what i feel what i feel what i feel what i'm feeling do you I think that's my in the sunshine do you yeah. feel yeah. what i feel <laughs> what i feel when i feel what i'm feeling yeah do you? i do i do in feel sunshine feeling. <laughs> but yeah you got to do some chop blues that's what i'm trying to say all right all right all right all right this could be a new thing we'll see yeah. what happens i mean um it's pandemic uprising apocalyptic time so i'm down to just throw shit at the wall like i said right. one goal i just want to go from mid low to top low love it top low is I, such a great place top to low i just you know i'm not trying to aim for the top top like what no i'm you want solange i just yeah like i want solange i take what's her name that's probably the lowest i'd Luc lucinda williams She's kind of in the top top in a weird way for uh, yeah, a no, for her genre, yeah. You know, so I'm thinking more like I like the idea, like a Solange, but she's kind of top in the album. I mean, there's a lot of tops out there. The top, but but she, but she would be top low. You're right in the R and B alternative yeah. R and B game. She'd be top mid. Where's Erica like, Badu? Well, oh, Erica Badu's top top because she's OG. What about where's Fiona Apple? Top top. Right. Top, mm, but she's super niche. She is super niche. Did you hear the new Fiona Apple? I mean, as an artist, do you want to be caught on tape talking about anybody? <clears throat> yeah, sure. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I got a lot of opinions. I don't really listen to anybody, but I've got tons wow. of opinions. But you, so you don't really uh, even hear the new. I heard uh, snippets of it. I mean, that's the bolt cutters. She's got her th jam. Like she does what she does, and she does it really, really, really well. Um, did I agree with any partial review that I dipped my toe into reading after I heard a few tracks? 
in that they were like, it's the greatest and she's the <laughs> mate. I was like, nah, bro, she's been <laughs> on her shit for quite some time. She just did it by herself with her like sister. I Whoop think you. that's why people like it is it so much is for that what you just said like the fact that she's been quietly she she could have been doing it by herself the whole time too she just you know like most women in my industry we are trained and and not taught and and basically molded to give our ownership to the male producer to the male engineer so we don't now it's changing like let me just Uh paraphrase that now it's changing young women in the music business are learning their shit they're learning the boards they're learning the technology they're making shit themselves but for us oldies you know it's a a steeper learning curve you know i can do some stuff on my own now too but i still work in partnerships because Mm -hmm. when i was coming of age as a musician a lot of the ownership was left to the male primarily white male producer (laughs) engineer they do that stuff and you just write and you defer all the time and you know, it exists from the very top artist to the bottom. If you're a woman in the music business, it's very um, shitty. Uh, so, yeah, like, I think that she finally had the health to be able to do it on her own. So I respect the strength that it took for her to just, like, get her shit together, record how she wants, be the boss she always wanted to be. Do I think it's the most brilliant thing ever? No. And I kind of like how she named one song Shaniqua. I didn't think that shit, that shit bothered me. There's a song called Shaniqua on it? Or something like that. Shamia. Shamika. Uh, Let me just look it up. So Shamia, I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> it's basically based, yeah, it, yeah, let me just look this up. Google. Fiona. Fiona? Apple. Yeah. Shaniqua? That's probably not right. Shamika. There we go. It's Shamika. Yeah. So, weird. yeah. And it's, you know, it's like a song about her finding herself. I don't know. But just like calling it that, I was like, mm, sure. Okay. Can I you tell know, you? Should I, I start calling all my songs like Mary, Jennifer? Karen. Karen. That's actually my mother's name. So, you know. Yeah. Awkward. You know, awkward. I'm not, I'm not really <laughs> crazy about the whole like, Karen? people's name representing a whole thing. Uh, like just because it it's just but that being said i understand i understand the element of it that isn't white people calling people that's kind of what i mean like i don't want to hear any white person going like what a karen what a becky you know because (laughs) i think that this is almost like tit for tat on fucking shaniqua and like this kind of thing that like people did do for many many years um and also black people which is where the funny usages of renaming people comes from it's like yes martin Here. i'm just mostly martin. talking about the show martin ah uh, yes that was a classic will the audience listening to this cast as i like to p cast no mm. that sounds wrong cast uh know about martin the great show that was martin I mean, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope too. so. <laughs> I hope so too. Um, no, I I uh, talk about this kind of stuff and way more obscure things all the time on the podcast. It's why I have the listenership. Perfect. I do. <laughs> Basically, it's like I get nobody who doesn't have the same horrible cropping pond of thoughts in their head, uh, and that's Perfect. about thirty-seven okay. people. Sweet. So, and technically now you're the 38th. 
because you have to you're like listening to a podcast episode while doing it basically i love it and i didn't i mean i feel like i already subscribe but maybe i don't i kind of was heavily into podcasts and then i fell heavily out because i went down that rabbit hole of murder podcasts and i got mm. like so much murder on yeah. my mind to the point where i was like mm, ooh, i'm listening to like so much dark stuff to yeah. these little earbuds and i'm seeing so much dark stuff outside oh, of these earbuds i feel like i should probably take a break but now I kind of want to listen to more podcasts again, but more podcasts like this that are interesting mm. to me and conversational and mm. about things that aren't murder. Yeah. There's a whole world apparently I didn't know because I was yeah. so murder focused for about three years. Podcasts aren't all riffing and murder or riffing about murder or. But you would think that they were because that was the big thing. Those are the two most popular things in podcasts. Three. There's riffing, murder. Riffing, murder, and then like respected magazine. Yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. if the respected magazine has a podcast. That's uh, that's an instant hit. I mean, yeah, that's. But I, I do love the Conan O'Brien podcast. You should listen to that if you haven't. It's good. Yeah, he's uh, very diverse. J.K. <laughs> J.K. <laughs> no, technically, no. it is diverse. Just to have different people <clears throat> yeah, is a diversity. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think, um, well, okay, so you said you were going to ask about what's going on with me, but first yes. I would say, after I peeled out of there in 2018, I mean, we were in touch for a while, but yes. uh, what's, been, what's going on with you? What's it been like? Tell me about it. Or, well, you know what? 2018, 2019 were pleasant years, I think. 2018, I put out an album. Mm -hmm. Played a lot of shows, was back in Canada, back home a lot. 2019, kind of the same. Ended up getting a lot of really good song placements. One of my songs was featured in a big commercial campaign for a corporate clothing company. Wow, that's amazing. So, yeah. So, like, there was a lot of really good things that happened in 2019 professionally. Um, you know, I got to be financially. a lot. That's amazing yeah, financially. financially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, because it's, and it was very, I'm very grateful that that happened because this year, holy shit. Mm. <laughs> oh, what a fucking disaster. Pardon not, me. Any live shows? Uh, this year? No, no, not, not a one. Yeah, I remember, uh, they, you know, you were someone, you're doing festivals. You're doing like really big planned long in advance types of. Yes, yeah. Doing tons and yeah. so 2018 was full of them 2019 was full of them this year i had a few on the books which was good because i was planning on making for my solo career a new album with my band we were working towards trying to put on a live show somewhere mm -hmm. and then uh covid19 and that just no live shows <laughs> there'll mm -hmm. be no more venues there are no festivals no. i think Canada, like Ontario's trying to, Ottawa's trying to do the Blues Fest and they're going to oh. do a drive-in style, but like, what the fuck? It's just... They're just sad. trying to get a CBC headline out of that. Pretty much. It's just you know? done, done, just don't, done. Don't try it. This is my whole thing right now. It's like, why are we trying to <laughs> do, not to old ways, but to ways <laughs> that aren't like safe right now? Why are we trying to make them as safe as possible know. when we should just I mean, I guess a drive-in is an attempt to innovate. It's just that, you know, people, we really need to sit down and think about how that's weird 
and maybe it'll work for it. In a drive-in? Like, what is that? Who wants to watch a concert in their car? Like, you cannot move. It's a, mo- mean, a movie at the drive-in makes sense. You're watching yeah. a movie. You're, you're seated. But concerts, you know, people like grass, and somebody's always wanted to do this at the front of the stage and wave their hands. Right. It's like you got to get a convertible and then stand up in it and <laughs> dance on your seats. Put a tarp down, but then don't slip on the tarp on the seats. It's just so complicated. So you know, complex. Like, every show has to happen in a yard now. <laughs> it's just—it's a real gong show. Are we double I mean, parking? <laughs> What's happening here? Am I going to get a ticket? What is this? <laughs> you know, like it, so. So yes, I. That's that's really unfortunate. And yeah, like I said, I mean, part of me right now is just like getting so used to the way it's been that I'm just like, okay, cancel the past. Let's yeah, just no. keep it like this, and then just work from there. <laughs> that's kind of you where know? I'm at too, and I think that you know, one of the good things in terms of um, my band stuff is that we make trip hop kind of electronic, soulful music. And that does bode well for working with online mediums. So I think, you know, it's as artists, we all need to start thinking about new ways of making our content seeable, reachable, and touchable to other audiences through screens. So I think it's a really interesting challenge. And some of us will do really well and others won't, you know, I don't know. Well, that's how uh, it I do know. Is. I mean, yeah. And I, I think that streaming and that kind of thing is sort of where things are going. So we need to take time to like fight for our proper rights and payments from these big bodies. But Spotify has got to figure something out fast. Well, it's a, whew, that's a nasty business, especially because they've got their, you know, universal and these big corps have got pockets into Spotify. They've got all these deals in place. So it really doesn't help the mid-tier artist very much. And it's also algorithm-based. So you have to learn, like currently the other half of the band is like learning how to work these programs. And it's a literal science and it's just like clicking shit, which is really weird because it takes kind of the creativity and the actual essence of art out of the equation because really you're just tripping an algorithm and the more you trip it the more it reaches other people and then the more you reach other people the more higher chances are of an increased listenership etc etc which increases your numbers which suddenly these other people want to help you out because these numbers have been inflated literally based on tricking a computer program yeah it's it's and that's the weirdest thing about right now is like Mm. tricking computers as it should be i suppose is respected (laughs) on a level you know like <laughs> it is one of the hardest things to do like just ask bobby fisher you know <laughs> Trick a computer. Uh, but oh, bobby oh bobby bobby yeah. hey bob I didn't seem happy <laughs> no, he but uh yeah so so that sort of fact i feel like whenever i upload like an episode i'm basically have to then write my bot rewrite my bio it's like sisyphus or something it's like hashtag canada hashtag glasses hashtag man hashtag comedy oh i forgot to put a hashtag so then you forgot the hashtag so it's just like glasses canada you know and it doesn't count glasses canada cats art we're just figuring out metadata right now and i don't know how to do it i don't know how to do it neither and yeah. I don't I start getting into it for about 30 seconds and then I'm just like ugh, 
fuck it, we're all going to die. So that's been this thing that's really <laughs> been playing back and forth. So I make a few steps forward. And then just like, I keep seem to, I seem to keep saying this, we're all going to die. Yeah. We're all going to die. It just flashes in my brain. It's like, I've always known that. Yes. I'm announcing it a lot to whatever world happens to hear me because I feel like we should all just get comfortable with that fact that we're all going to die. Let's just get cool. real comfortable with it. Let's own it. And then maybe it might transmute something in our brains so that we'll want to be uh, remembered as being good. And then we might start behaving better because right. we behave really badly. Like, I don't know. It's like yeah. this idea of immortality. We don't realize and you know, pandemic times have like forced us to see just how uh, fragile life is. Mm -hmm. Systemic murders being filmed um, in real time and mm -hmm. uploaded in real time is forcing mm -hmm. us to see how shitty we are. So, you know, if I keep saying we're all going to die, so let's like, I don't know. I Having a mask off president. Don't forget the mask off president factor. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, he's like a normal <laughs> president. Only he'll say exactly all the bad stuff, <laughs> you know, that, is, that he's doing, right? Oh, like, I, I mean, not a normal day. president, but a lot of, pre a lot of, you know, people, this would, this, this arsenic would be going down a lot more sweetly if someone else was in power, but it would still be, uh, you know, uh, it's just like, a like the, the racial violence, like the, the control of the police is just like. When it's, I mean, that's been going on since before the '90s, but that was the first yeah. one, the, the first time since like, you know, the '60s on that level. You know, that of, of action, and it's and it's yeah. consistent. It's consistent. I'm telling you, it's the K-pop fans and kids, the online youth were like, yeah. nope, and then it activated our generation. It's the snowflakes. Turns <clears throat> out the snowflakes are made of steel. <laughs> like apparently. Ice. Well, the millennials, again, I hate the term millennial because it's so broad. It's not even the youngest people now. Yeah. What's I mean, our, our generation is X and we kind of shit. We I thought we were, it. I thought we were. We're XY, we're XY. Yeah. We hover because it's like, what, 75 to 84 is Y? Yeah, and I'm 80, so. Yeah, so you'd be know. just Y. So technically Y. I'm yeah, but I'm in, I'm in the, we're in the boonies, you know? We're in the, the sticks. Well, we just kind of suck in terms of like our activity you know we're not as active as we should be i think we're starting to because we're you know of the age where we have to take charge now which is fucking terrifying like, um, whoa <laughs> we're supposed to be moving up <laughs> look we should be worrying that once the millennials come out of the drug stupor that they keep their faith you know because it's not like because in that period of time yeah. you have the drug stupor they're That's in the true. 20s 30s you know drug stupor or post-drug stupor and yep. then so so you know that's the only reason but the team but it's the kids from like 20 like the 24 20, like i think kids that are like 11 to basically 21 are kicking ass right now. no i know i mean they're the ones out there being teenagers. like because i saw this like post thing that somebody somebody else said through the twiddles and they were right is that generation z i guess that's zed generation zed they are active, you know, they're doing these things because they realize that they've inherited an earth that won't last as long as their lives. They have no jobs, <laughs> they're getting murdered, they have no education, yeah. they have nothing. So they're like, well, F it, you guys aren't gonna save us, so we're gonna fight. Like and all of the- pandemic, oh wait, you went out for a sign? 
Oh, no, I'm back. I was just saying all of like some of the most fierce activists that we have working are like under 15. No, I mean, it's, it's very true. Uh, every teenager I've met for years now, like at least like in tw since 24, no, just like every young person I've known, uh, you know, they're so, they're very, I don't want to say, they're very engaged listeners. Yes. I'll put it that way. You know, and, and most of them are informed about the things they want to be informed about. It. Mm -hmm. Well, they're and, still teenagers, so they're only yeah, that's what I mean. care. They're only going to care about what they want to care about. Yeah, and um, but man, everyone turns into a shitbag around twenty one for a few years. You know, I mean, yeah. there's like you yeah. got that thing yeah. where like right yeah. now, I think this movement's amazing. But don't forget, like I was in like all the hardcore scenes and stuff, like in the 90s and then into the 2000s and these are all a lot of politics that uh were fostered in those activists laden scenes and um like call out culture like it's and that's where it gets uh when you've kind of seen that paradigm the good and the bad of it you know uh it it's like oh god like you guys are really cool but uh you know don't think that because you're going to a protest that doesn't mean that you're not i don't know going to get sick but that being said well before i bust in on that because people be so mad those protests like in general i feel like any of the threat of covid or the majority of any threat of covid was from the what the police did so it, it was they've no. shown yeah down here there's been no uptick in no, COVID not cases from the protest, none but from people going to shopping malls and sure. <clears throat> going to restaurants because people are going to beaches down here because people yeah. are just insane. It's risen. Same with Tr Ontario, right? Where people oh, people God. in Toronto going to the lake. Sure, but all it's, of these it's, cases have like gone uh, up again. I, I mean, you can't even. I, I, it's, it's just like I used to be infuriated here uh, by the way people are, you know, just without COVID, and now they're acting that way with COVID. And do you know what it is? It's the worst kind of white privilege. Which, yeah. and I don't mean, yeah. I know this is sounding, whatever, we've talked like this forever. So, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not pandering. It's like, I'm just, I'm just hometowning, you know? And it's like, uh, it's this sort of dumb, vapid, uh, it's actually more male privilege than just white privilege. But uh, it's, it's like the white thing <laughs> where you're like, they're just like, I don't even know why things are so easy. And I haven't thought about it that much except yes. i just say canada is the best place to live in the world yep. and it's very multicultural <laughs> that's the problem with racism canadian racism so all of the most violent racial attacks i've experienced in my life happened on canadian ground on canadian soil in canada because there is this bloody belief in canada that we're not racist because it's so multicultural like even in toronto weird shit would happen to me and it is of course vancouver where i'm from much more multicultural but there's still a weird segregational aspect and there's there's messiness there's messiness and racism yeah. and it's it's the microaggressions like growing up in small town canada there were macroaggressions very right. dangerous macro but when i moved to the cities it was these constant microaggressions you know and it's just like and they still happen to this day by well-meaning white canadians because they don't understand that that behavior is racist there's a person i know that is a wonderful person that i like very much but i was performing at this place and they were one of the people running it and i had my hair was curly and big and this person came up and just touched it 
just came up and touched my, this was like two years ago, just touched my hair, put their hand right in it. And I immediately froze and like backed up and they saw my face and were like, uh, knew something was off. And they're like, that's just so pretty. And I was like, <laughs> and I didn't know what to do because A, you know, I like this person, but also I was in shock that they would do something like this. And it's just like those little things. This is a well-meaning person. Now, did you do this because I'm lighter skinned than perhaps other black people? So you didn't think it would be as big of a deal? Why, like just these kinds of microaggressions. Why is anyone happen. touching anyone's hair? I don't know. It's a weird, it's happened to me a lot. No, I understand people that what people talk about. Hair. It's you some know. messed up shit, but it's yeah. this weird, these little microaggressions. And when you try and challenge a white Canadian about this, they're very um, defensive because they don't understand that racism isn't just this malignant lynching force. It's systemic, it's institutionalized, and you profit from it unknowingly, like you said. And, you, and if you don't challenge it directly and look at yourself, that means mm -hmm. you're actually kind of racist. You're actually just kind of Look, oblivious every day i'm sort of stepping in something you know and it's and and i kind of consider myself lucky for it because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like being so awkward and prone to make sort of thoughtless errors lets me kind of add in like kind of know my intentions which are generally not coming from a bad place and then understand sort of try to understand what went wrong there like yeah. most of the time what i'm doing as you probably know from when we joke around is just like playing dumb or being dumb you know but but it's like sometimes you gotta just like just call, just listen to what you said you know like listen to what you just said and go uh, or just did or you know yeah and be like um, oh hmm and then reckon with it acknowledge it say something to the yeah. person that it may have affected and then move on and but like the, in this case Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? I was just going to say multiculturalism in Toronto was very, is very helpful for kids. Like it's always, mm -hmm. those are the first, because what you, what I did was some of my more ridiculous, like racism, if you can have it when you're four, was just this sort of fear of anything new. So a big part of it that I think about is when I was being um, kind of babysat in the early morning uh by a west indian family i and uh they'd always offer me breakfast but it was always something i'd never had before or didn't understand how it could be like hot in the morning and savory or something so i just didn't eat it i like never ate breakfast there and you know three years later or something i was like well that was dumb you know like yeah. i'm in grade one and i'm like that was dumb like already in grade one see <laughs> that's kind of evolved because already you were like oh that actually smelled good it looked good. Yeah, yeah. I was just afraid. Yeah. And if you can ad admit that, you're already a step in the right direction of growth and change. Well, think about this too, maybe with a multicultural school. It's like in the 80s, okay? This is, I don't think this is happening as much now. People, if you have a lot of different cultures, oh, they're being so mean to each other. They're being so racist to each other on the, on the, generally. Like they're doing, there's a lot of like ethnicity-based teasing or bullying you know like because people don't know better when they're kids especially in the 1980s well there's also thing. colorism so there's, and a colorism. Whole, there's a whole sect of of an ism that happens amongst brown people yeah which that was is a product of even knew about until i was like an adult probably yeah as much sorry go on oh no no it's it's something that you know it's yeah that's a, 
thing we're starting to reckon with as well. Yeah, yeah, which is like, it's been really interesting sort of following that conversation. There's just like so many conversations. Conversations, and I can't even imagine like what South a- the South Asian level of con- conversation is, or, you know, the Filipino level, you know, like it's just like there's so much uh, among so many um, peoples. <laughs> it's really interesting. What is, um, there's a really, good comment he has that show patriot act hassan. oh hassan minaj yeah minaj yeah and he did a whole bit about um just being the brown on brown sort of uh discrimination because one of i i think the um owner of the convenience store or no the person one of the two of the people that just watched as george floyd was murdered were of color yeah. Yeah, And the person who called the cops was of color. And, and he just sort of, his whole thing was like, we love black people when they're playing sports, when they're being amazing rappers, when they're doing these things, but when they need our help, we don't have any time for it. And that's like a huge problem, you know, whitening mm-hmm. creams and just the tear. And it's all a product of white supremacy, right? Like it's comparing sure. our brownness to whiteness being the top in this very falsified scale of worth. Yeah, it's a hot, it's a hot bucket of shit that we've. Got I know in. it's like and then I can dump that out. The cat, the caste system is not. Is it? It's not as color based. Is it? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of those systems are based on color. Lighter people, the lighter you are, the higher you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know. I can't speak. That must about, be why I do so South. poorly in white circles. <laughs> I mean, you're not. You're not white enough. <laughs> so you're not blonde or blue eyed, so you're really not at the top. And my face is like always has like little like a little like brown black, speckles. Black yeah. black black oh. brown uh bug hair, you know. You're like, a little too you're like a little too a dark. <laughs> so you are at the bottom tier. Okay? Of the whites, you sit at the bottom. Yeah, no, they invite me. You know what? They're like, add Nick to the writing room. He's <laughs> He'll be our diverse hire. He'll He's be got... our diverse hire. <laughs> that's that's why I'm always I'm bottom tier diverse hire. That's like in between <laughs> bottom tier, like it's like the <laughs> I don't really know how it works. We'll but... just hire Nick. Now he'll be our. We got a diverse hire. Nick Nick's here. <laughs> yeah, we have a diverse one. <laughs> I mean, a a, a, a straight white fail. <laughs> is basically like a top level uh our version of uh minority you know yeah so yeah let's get them in here just uh, bring them in Anthony. <laughs> probably a diverse room let's face it oh, canada I is wish. so painfully diverse <clears throat> diversity uh focused in the in the writer's room are they they're they're trying to open it up everywhere, but it's gonna it's gonna. Well, how does it explain their tokenism and content? Listen, be- I'm gonna because, say this because they really fu- sorry to interrupt, but but yeah, if you want if you want that my answer quick, it's just that um, they unfortunately implement something that results in mass tokenism even for white people. Again, it's it's Canada's inability to face racism. It's Canada's inability to a face Canadian heritage being moment. racist y'all are racist racist white Canadian racist 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 and you need to own it now you yeah. can't pretend I mean I will say this and probably one of the 38 of us is gonna be really mad about it but let's just talk for one brief second about Schitt's Creek 
I like <laughs> I everybody. I mean, you know, Catherine O'Hara is a fucking treasure. Yes. She is a treasure. Everyone acts very, very well. Baba, writing is sweet. Amazing. The writing is sweet. It is like, it's good. There are some really, really funny moments. I think they're funnier. Like if I was just reading the script, I probably wouldn't laugh. But the actual delivery by the actors, which mm-hmm. generally is what sells a script anyways, um, makes it better. But there is a big problem. There's one black person in the town. It's a woman and she's a lesbian. Now... My problem that's is, a why are stereotype? There... That's, but, I just but, realized that's a new But it is, but it's like the black lady, sassy black woman, but she's yeah. also gay. Ma- so master, here we go. master of none. So, so right? we meet the whole fucking, we meet the whole package. And I'm just kind of like, to me, you know, Dan Levy, that's a bit of a fail. Like you didn't, br- you brought in, an, and I think one of your main writers was South Asian. Indian mm-hmm. Canadian. Um, I don't know. Maybe there was a black person there. I have no idea. I never saw that. The main writer was him. And well, I saw this other woman. Has a, has a massive sort of ever shrinking writer's room. Last I checked, I, I, I don't know if that's still true, but I think they were. Well, it's over now. Kind so, of. Uh, mass he's the main. At the beginning of the series and then, and then dropping them out. And I know a couple. I know it's not the, obviously Rupinder. Yeah. You know, he, that's who. You wrote, wrote for it for a long time. And. You know, she, she, but there's no black people. There's no people of African descent in that room. Yet you oh, have this I, character. As far as I know, I have. I, as far as I know, I don't. I don't think. And so. they and you have this character, and it's just like. Actually, it was, my friend Pavin was writing for that show for a while. Oh, really? Yeah, the guy who did Diamond Tongues and the yeah. Sundowners. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, I do like I said. For the most part, it, it's a sweet show. It's not. It's not harmful, and her her character is not harmful. It just felt like a little tiny microaggression to me, the black viewer watching this being like, oh, uh, the black person in the town is sassy and always kind of cranky, slightly mad. Like every stereotype of black woman was in this one character that's supposed (laughs) to be Canadian black person. I was just like, what in the shit is this? Literally, Shits Creek, what is this? And and there there was one other brown person. He had a business briefly and he was also a caricature of that culture and it's just like really this is a problem when your showrunner is white and they don't really have people truly representing that that demographic in that room informing them of how that person would actually be not just white but sort of someone who this is their big 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 writer's room like dan levy this was his yeah uh, and then also um well whatever you can't get into um money but like uh, people who are of any kind of means, it's very easy, like not means, like any kind of real means are, um, it's kind of a sheltered existence, you know, very often. Mm-hmm. And, or at least a, uh, when I say sheltered, I just mean it's like selective, like your experiences mm-hmm. are selective. And uh, Of course. He's like Canadian comedy Nepotism mm-hmm. royalty, like his dad is. Yeah, and, know, and this just, was great to see Ben and Jessica um, Mulroney just had this uh, amazing oh. sort of scandal. Oh, uh, I know all about that. Yeah, and He's a nasty piece of work. That dad, his dad, is a nasty piece of work. Oh my god, he's a nasty piece of work, and she name. is a nasty piece of work. Yeah, the last name right away, you're like they're garbage people. Like, what do you expect? Yeah. 
he was yeah. actually like an early version of Trump in some ways, you know? Yes. He had the dumb hair and yep. he had the sort of Mila, stole, his wife. Stole money, just stole was, money. He stole, stole money. He stole money. From us. He, he, he risked uh, separatism, like yep. he hewed yep. so closely to Quebec leaving. Um, he was like a, Mar he, he, he sat right in line with Margaret Thatcher and yep. Ronald Reagan. And, and yeah, garbage. The piece of garbage shit. person. So Brian Mulroney, if you're listening, you are a piece of shit. You are a piece of shit. So you quit eTalk, but you still kept your other shows. You quit eTalk because you need to diversify. Oh, you are a racist. Your wife is a racist. You're not going to stop being racist. You can eat. A <laughs> I'm not bag talking full about of Ben Mulroney, but you're welcome to just jump in on the Ben Mulroney. Thing. Oh, sorry, Brian. Where, Brian Mulroney. <laughs> about Brian Mulroney. But yeah. I'm talking about Ben. He can eat a bag of dicks too. They both can. No, I mean, this the is. Dad is garbage, and he is garbage too. And, he and married I, trash. I didn't follow Ben Mulroney's uh, exit from uh, one show. You talk that much, it's but I know like he I said that I'm stepping down in order yeah. to make way for more diversity. And it's like, fuck out of like, here, get If I went, I'm going to stop here. my podcast so that more diverse voices can come through. Uh, that would actually be braver. <laughs> than what he did because he has like six other jobs yeah and, he just quit one of six know, jobs oh okay bro <laughs> more people might actually like more people under the age of 60 might like me than like him i think that they would yeah. i mean he the whole thing is such a clusterfuck of privilege and it's so disgusting and that's but that to me none of it is surprising Right. When people are like, you know, being in the States and I tell people I'm Canadian, their first thought is, oh, you're from Toronto because thank you, Drake. Uh, all brown Canadian people are from Toronto. Hmm. OK, clearly. Okay. And I'm always like, no, I'm from BC. What about the rascal? Oh, what? No, that they are only Canadians know about them. Come on now. <laughs> no, no, no. Only Canadians listen to this podcast. I'm starting a new uh, only Canadians account. It's ten dollars a month. for me. <laughs> Only Canadian, only please. <laughs> because then you'll know the rascals, <laughs> rascals. Dreaded fish the What's his face? What's his face? Um, oh, mad. Uh, Cardinalo Fishel. Red one. Red, red, one. red one. Yeah, he was in. Uh, oh, believe me, I got it all. Mood rough. <laughs> We're there. Monolith. Crooks is table. Woo! Here we go. <laughs> getting, getting real Canadian thrust. <laughs> So, <laughs> but again, so for the rest of the world, they see brown and they always think that I'm immediately from the U.S. So I'm like, no, I'm Canadian. Yeah. And then I say, oh, I'm from Western Canada. Oh, I grew up in small towns. They're like, oh, there's small towns there? Well, it must be nice. Like, you don't have to deal with all this kind of, like, craziness. And I'm like, no, racism exists. When I was a small kid, somebody rolled up with a gun and pointed it at me and told me to run. So yeah, no, it exists. It's there. It's a thing. It's just we're quieter about it. You don't know. Yeah. You I don't mean, know. what you're describing is the same thing I heard Andre Leon Talley talking about, you know, happening in the 1960s in, in Georgia. I think he may have grown up in Georgia or Mississippi, like some, mm -hmm. somewhere very racist and mm -hmm. segregated. And, and so that's interesting, right? That it's like years in between, there's still sometimes a lot of similarity in terms of like the violence of the treatment. And I feel like racists don't make a huge distinction. Like they could say you were any kind of person they hated, you know, like they would think a black person was a brown, like a South Asian person or, a, you know, indigenous person, uh, you know, it's just, 
They're just so yeah. dumb. Those are, those are the loud racists. But we have to accept the fact that if you were born white, you were born racist. Period. Oh, yeah. You were. And it's just not, again, it's about changing the shape of what racism is. And even going back to the writer's room, that was being racist <laughs> unintentionally. Because even, you know, the, the other brown person or t in the room allowed that caricature of a black person to exist and didn't challenge it. Probably because she wanted to keep her job, which respect, mm -hmm. but also like you're still allowing this non-complete shell to be seen by somebody like me who feels ways. Because I think, my God, is this what, you know, white people just think all black people are? Is this like what sassy black Canadians are? Well, shit. Really? Like, oh, okay, great. This half a shell caricature, you just throw all the tokens at them so they meet a, a criteria. And so it, even in that room, there's that racism. And it is unknown because if you're not, we have this picture of what racism is and it's ugly and it's violent and it's loud, but it's not. It's a system. It's a very big system that's been in play for a long, long, well, long time. It's something you don't know is, is happening, like almost, um, what would you call it? Uh, uh, like by nature, right? Because yeah. like if you don't want, you know, a person of color in your town or you want to scare one because for whatever reason, it's like your reasoning is probably not, you know, um, I don't know. I can't even explain it, but it's like your reason for your like racism is probably has a le level of altruism and respect for yourself, uh, at least in it, like justify it's being justified somehow, you know, yeah. whereas like the out, the outer perspective from my perspective, at least is like, no, this is horrible. It's damaging. It's awful. And it can have nothing to do with, like what you're saying, what you think the reason is why you can be like this is not a reason. So there's no reason. So what are you doing? You know? And it's like on, on some level, you know, like, um, uh, so, and there's some, Oh, there's just, it's fucking complicated, but I don't disagree with you because just realizing it's just about the perspective that we're, um, we're, we're first revealed and for how long we revealed that perspective. Right. So, mm -hmm. Like they're taking down that, I was thinking about this, like they were take, they're taking down that um, Theodore Roosevelt uh, <clears throat> um, statue in front of the National, Natural History Museum. And the first time I saw that statue, I was like, awesome. Like, no, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, I, I was like racist, but, but also like this is Horses, crazy weird statue man yes, flying like, through the sky. Like, it's like if I saw an HR Geiger statue, you know, it's not like I'm saying this is like something I like. I'm just saying like, wow, this is striking and fucked up. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of odd in a weird way. And, and like, then you go in there and that feeling is times 10. Like they dedicated the whole building to Theodore Roosevelt and his adventures. Yeah, you, you, know. Mean, you mean his rape and pillage, much like Columbus. Like sure. And, nasty business. And, nasty and, business. But, and there's a messiah, you know, like a basilica, oh, yeah. like all over the ceiling. And it's like, well, are they going to paint over that? You know, like there needs to be a salute. They're not. Something's going to happen. They just need to put a big plaque and say, this man was actually a nasty piece of shit. 
you know, or whatever the just facts put a big are. plaque underneath. Be like, this, the facts are this guy did a lot of nasty shit, mm-hmm. murdered a lot of brown people unnecessarily, yeah. and is terrible. Because, and therefore, mm-hmm. you know, boom. And then put the statue there, but make people aware of the actual true history. It's like that Belgium yeah. guy that was a fucking oh Leopold, yeah, yeah, Jesus, like. Yeah. Yeah, just teach the proper I mean, history, not the revisionist way. The, there, there are things that so so doing that with the stat like it made me think today about a concentration camp I once uh, chilled in, and uh, it <laughs> went to. <laughs> Can you chill in a concentration camp? Is it I was chilled. I was definitely chilled. I had chills. Oh, it was not good. Terrifying, very, very tragic, sad, sad and, and awful, but and, and and interesting historically. It was called Sachsenhausen, and it was right oh, outside okay. of Berlin, mm. um, on the East German side, and um, uh, it was a concentration camp, not a death camp. Um, so there were oh, they didn't uh, murder there. Or oh, they, they just, murdered like crazy, but yeah, it was and just experimented. Not, it was not it? just. It wasn't primarily Jewish people. There were, or maybe it was, but there was a lot of Russian uh, POWs that were sent there. So there was a horrible, so, so historically that was very interesting, but what made it a double layer of interesting was that after the second world war, there was a, uh, uh, it was actually the site where the East German chancellor or whatever he was, uh, like gave his speeches at this like memorial statue that they made and it was all communist. And so they, they, you got Mm. not just a view of like what, Second World War, uh, you know, what the Germans, how, what the conditions were like, you also got a view of how the East German communist uh, system commemorated the Holocaust and World War II. So you saw like weird art, weird communist art, you know, like, yeah. um, and this huge, po- and a monolith, you know. And uh, when we were getting a tour, we were like having the context given to us about that monolith you know it was kind of like as you can see it doesn't even acknowledge the death of the jews any more so than you know the death of the russian soldiers and it was like a statue of a muscular russian soldier like saving another muscular russian you know like there's so it didn't acknowledge the and but then that was called out and pointed out and i think that you know in an ideal world uh, that would, would be all we need you know, is like know. To, 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 to actually be able, ideally, you know, and, and so I just think like pra- it doesn't sound practical to like paint over an entire mosaic, you know, it doesn't like like you could remove it somehow, I guess, and then keep it somewhere. But it doesn't. But I get why. Especially no, I, I think it should happen. I'm just saying not forever, though. Like, I think the point needs to be made and it needs to be shown for the dark stain that slavery, that colonialism is. It's a dark stain. It started the whole shit we're in now literally is because of colonialism. Like all the troubles we're in because some people just came up, rolled up, some lighter pale people rolled up and were like, hey, you guys are monsters. Let's just take over for whatever Mm. fucking reason. I do wonder like the actual... Like literally this all started because somebody just decided that brown people were less than them. 
just like literally decided they were animal savages. Less somebody just legit just decided that some white person decided that shit, and then just kept acting upon it and convinced other people of this false ideology. And Colonialism, it's so and you're saying in all cult, like colorism in all cultures, in a sense, is that kind of what you mean? Because like. If we're talking about like in India or something in the caste system, like was that the case, you know, and was that happening concurrently with like other places? Where I mean, was... I think the caste system in India, I would, we'd have to talk to somebody from the caste that system. culture, like yeah. just from that culture to know more of that history. I'm not well versed. I do think though that the white British colonizers probably had something to do with like whitening creams and white being considered more powerful. Oh, like for sure. Like there's got a, there is a definite link between colonialism and the shit show of white supremacy that we're of unpacking course, yeah. right now. And it's, no, and, no. and I'm trying, like, I always kind of ponder like what asshole just le- just decided something they didn't like a, a, a culture they didn't know was worse than theirs. Uh, Somebody it- made that decision. I got, I, I have a joke that I just thought. Okay, Perfect. Tell yeah, tell me. Let's workshop it. Let's do this. Um, they say, uh, you, you, you know, uh, prostitution is the world's old, oldest profession, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the world's second oldest profession. No, tell me. Right wing uh, talk show host. <laughs> Like reactionary talk show, reactionary that's exactly analyst. Exactly what that shit was. Some reactionary analyst. Yeah. Old yeah. was like, "Oh, they're not wearing clothes. <laughs> they're only wearing bottoms." They're I like, think oh. they're animals. They don't have guns. They do their society like this. You think it's Ooh, so good? Their skin is shit. I look. I am twenty-five or five and twenty, and I look like I'm a hundred. I think this person is three and zero, and they look like they're ten. Bad. Yeah. They're all they're vampires, monsters. Like, yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, right wing fucking talk show host rolled back, rolled in. You know, Columbus was just talking shit. Showed up, was like, oh, this is very strange here. Hmm. I'm gonna there tell. Was- I'm gonna write a letter back to ye old fucking queen king and just tell <laughs> them about these crazies and get them on board with why I should murder and rape and steal. <laughs> so how's it in LA these days? Well, let's just uh, talk about that. Um, you know, <laughs> it's a it's a thing. I don't know what to say. Did you go, have you gone to any protests? No, no. Yeah, I'm not really messing with protests either. Like respect, I'm not. I don't judge people. Like we were talking about, the um, safety seems to be awesome about it. But yeah, um, I'm. I, I'm. You know, you we're we're both scaredy. Not scared. Well, I I can't. I, no, I yeah. can't because I'm down here at the uh, um, at the pleasure of the man. You know, that was how I felt when I was back. You can't, you can't like, if I, if I do anything, if I protest and I get arrested, I'm deported. Right. Do they do that with the green card people too? Like if someone is, has a green card, do you think they do? Do you have a green card? I do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But at a million percent. Absolutely. Cause Mm. I'm also, um, you know, considered a, you know, I'm beige, but I'm considered a black woman with a green card. Like, oh no, I'm out of here. I do anything wrong. I look at a cop funny. 
I'm out of here. Well, maybe so. maybe you could move to uh, Chaz or Chop, or you know the the Seattle uh, Autonomous Zone. <laughs> yeah, I saw about that. What Chaz? Yeah. I think it's called Chaz. It used no, to be I'm called not- Chaz. Now it's called Chop. I'm not gonna move to Chop. I'm all right. I'm, I, I don't feel the need to go to chop. I didn't. Um, I, I was scared being in Christiania. I don't want to go to a yeah, American version of Christiania. I don't. I don't want to go to it. Like, I'm I good. mean, good for them. You know, Let's I support the thing. It's awesome. But uh, me too. But I'm not interested. I want air like, conditioning now. You know, exactly. I like a bed. <laughs> I just like my bed and the four walls. Listen, I like watching Netflix. I'm not gonna lie. I don't want him to be armed, but I might want like one police officer. <laughs> like a we could have our own police officer. Like yeah, somebody no, that's from cop could be trained. No, a security like, force is always a private security force is definitely always a trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> a chop, a chop security force. That sounds yeah, like a fucking cooking Rush show. Daniel? A chopped, a chopped, <laughs> chopped, and it's just like, what can you make without electricity heat? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nice. It's summer, you know. I want. I don't want to turn the stove on. No, I. Yeah, no. So I'm not. I'm not involved in any of the protests, but I am involved in supporting. I make donations to regular to organizations that I feel are on the forefront of change in yeah. Canada and the U.S. I'm, yeah, that's important. You know, I, I'm using my voice more in Canada because I feel like uh, the racism in Canada has got further to go to be reckoned with than in the U.S. I agree with you. So you know that's where my focus is, and I'm trying. I'm reaching out to some you know musical bodies and getting bullshit answers and seeing all these great diversity fucking panels they started and then when i reach out to be like can you show me some paperwork as a black artist from british columbia i would love to see your paperwork just on like what ethnic artists you're supporting are they primarily located in uh, ontario maybe toronto wait not saying just asking just asking (laughs) for a friend i just want to see some stats and like radio silence so you know there's a lot of like i mean it's just like this is the thing and in canada this is what it is it's like the u.s is like active scamming by i would say 99 percent of the population it's a scammer's paradise scamming each other trying to get the most (laughs) trying to make the most out of a bunch of sharks you know sharks and then in canada it's like about three people whose great 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 grandparent is the only scammer in town got them a bunch (laughs) of money and then created an industry where the person who wants to do it is like also kind of knows about scamming so we have like 11 scammers and they're the people at the top of, of uh, everything, of, of all everything in entertainment, but also most of the other things too. A and million percent, all the university. It's just like these weird scammers. I, I feel <laughs> like skimming, skimming, and then it tri- it's a trickle down scammery, right? So, yep. so you have the scammers who like donate to the things, and then you have mm-hmm. the things that hire the scanners to mm-hmm. disperse the mo- the scammers to disperse the money back to themselves. The artists figure out what scam they can pull that makes them get the money. Money, and then they yep. keep doing that and they keep yep. getting the money and then that yep. patient dies and, and then, then repeat new one. and repeat and repeat. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, I'm so sick of seeing it. And, 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 and also shell corporations. We never talk about how like half of our entertainment stuff is like a shell company. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and you're like, like, wait a minute. Like, you go to their office. It's like, a, like <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's a trailer. It's a trailer. 
It's a fucking ice cream truck. You just walk on a truck like, so this is your production office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just like to keep the unit mobile. It's our mobile unit. You're like, where's your other unit? Just don't you worry about that. You ever go to a place that. where like, they're always in a new office? Like, yes! Yes! A and you're new like, office what? that's of equal like, quality? Equal or lesser quality? <laughs> like, what is happening? And... Uh, um, but but yeah, uh, so, so when I say that, I just mean like my friend uh, Danko Jones, you know, is yes. lately I've been talking to him a lot about, you know, he's a person of uh, color in yes. uh, in the rock scene. He's been in it. He's been it for forever. But, you know, I think that uh, he's almost not not been counted as one, you know, like I think he just kind of, you know, hmm. puts it out as he does and well what i mean by that is like by the industry like there is no attempt to use him in a diverse like situation no. because he's playing rock and roll which somehow they associate with white people which was yep. not invented All by white people. <laughs> including blues like this is the most yeah. amazing thing i won last year for blues artists of the year for the western canadian music awards i'm the first person of color woman of color to win that award pretty much person of color this year's nominees for that same award are Widemouth Mason and Kenny Loggins. No, Kenny Blues man, something rather. Who's Kenny. an Amer? He's a he's an American. Kenny, <laughs> what's his name? Let me, let me just see if I can find it. Kenny I don't G. Miss. Kenny Baker. No, uh, hold on. It's kind of insane. So I looked it up and I'm like, oh, who is this guy? Uh. Kenny Blues Boss Wayne, who is a great <laughs> African. American blues uh, yeah. artist. He's won a Juno. I was like, how the fuck is it? So hold up. You mean to say, like, aside from me, there's no other black Canadians making blues music? And the reality is, there isn't. That's yeah. the fucked up yeah. situation. It's all Jerome so, Godbu and uh, Diana Krall. And I mean, she's jazz, but you know what but I mean. But it's the same shit. And it's sort of like... Holly like Cole. With, with Danko, you know, I, I feel like... I would love to sit down and talk with him because at this point, I'm just like, you know what? Basically, I've decided the only way to affect change is to start and side organizations that offer the same amenities as factor. Basically, through my MP, start petitioning the government to put aside, split some of the factor funding that they give to another organization whose sole focus is providing grants and to support to uh, artists of color um, because those fucking programs you know what they don't 100% I've been you know I've been lucky factors helped me out a fair amount but I've been in their jury process I see what the fuck is coming through and what's getting primarily funded yeah, it's like and the it's, worst music you ever heard it's a gong show but also a lot of direct board funding goes to labels that are run by white people yeah who then they hire get people as tax write-offs half the time so it's like the effort they make and so the problem with Canada too is like a distinct lack of effort to make something as perfect as it can be because uh, our rewards are smaller and so people mm -hmm. try less True. and um, we're beaten by the situation you just described. And, and so when you have people who excel, people like, uh, you know, you could say um, whatever, death from above or, you know, even, <clears throat> Drake. even your, like your ambitions are, are, are a pretty different. And I think that to me, they reflect what I've read, which is just like, 
oh my God, you think this industry's tough? Try being like a biracial lady from Vancouver trying to be a, the only blues <laughs> artist of color, you know, and living Fucking in LA, Canada. but also doing a trip hop like thing and trying to navigate 18 different and um, micro, macro aggressions, marketing, metadata, algorithms. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Safe. I'm surprised you're not um, drinking coffee right now. I dr- I've got to stay woke. Is what I'm trying. I mean, to I'm de- <laughs> that's a good one, Nick. Thank you. You better put that in some stand up. I better put it, it in a podcast. I mean, put it in a podcast. This, podcast. this very podcast that we are on. Oh my god! Yeah, What's I your mean, time whatever. frame like here, my friend? Oh, I could talk forever. I ain't got shit to do. <laughs> you say you don't have shit to do? Nope, not today. Not today. That's nice. Yeah, you do strike you as someone who's very um uh like hardworking, but also you're like really aware of yourself your wellness needs and so um because all i've known you to do since I've known you <laughs> is, uh, many years now <laughs> many years now but, uh, you know especially no i feel like in the last 10 years i've seen like so much of you compared to so many of my friends uh my other friends like my friends who didn't live in uh Toronto, you know, like you were, and then when we lived in the same town, it was so nice. It was so nice. I yeah. really genuinely do miss you being. I went to your wedding, goddammit. I know. You and are an important person in my important, life. You are also an important person in my life. It's so great. And uh, um, anyway, but but enough sucking our own dicks. Um, let me take <laughs> yeah, that enough, part. Yeah, <laughs> enough dick sucking. Remember that part in, in Pulp? Remember how in Pulp Fiction, like, <laughs> I had no concept of what actual black people, anybody besides me, like, I was so in love with Quentin Tarantino and what he was doing. Oh, like, God. Oh, like, no. This has got to be fun. This has got to be fun for everyone. This has got to so be I, a great time. So, so I started this movie club with two friends of mine from Ireland, and we've, we're going through the decades, and we're in the 90s. And Uh-oh. I, and I picked, a very racist decades. They all are. I picked, out of our group of three, I picked the most racist movies because I completely forgot that they were totally racist. So I picked 48 Hours. Holy shit. Don't do yourself any favors. Never rewatch that movie. It is insanely racist to a level where I was like, oh my God what i think i've only seen it once you know <laughs> yeah, you, yeah it's terrible my eddie murphy was basically the apex was uh besides beverly the, hills cop. uh yes beverly hills i would say it was beverly hills cop and then nutty professor those were the ones that like really made but of course i loved coming to america when i was a kid. i mean classic and, but you know, 48 Hours was terrible, but we moved into the 90s, and I picked True Romance, which was Quentin Tarantino's first script. Yes, and then... Holy shit! I know, it has this amazing scene that's, like, unwatchable now with... uh, Yeah, the two two powerhouse actors. It's so unnecessary. Yeah. And Gary Oldman's character off the top, I was like, why is it? What? Who? What? I could, my brain was exploding. And- I mean, picture Quentin Tarantino having a conversation with Michael Madsen about how to play a scene. You know there must have been some uh, 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 not good words. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, even I- Reservoir Dogs has like that stuff where you're, yeah. like, there you're like, by the way, these criminals are fucking racist, man. Except for Tim Roth, who secretly has even- like a cool trainer. 
Like, it's just, he's, Quentin Tarantino is a hack and he is the fucking worst. He's a hack. He is only good at writing in one particular fashion, and that is scenes. He's good at writing get in, get out, short vignettes. He is That's racist. why my favorite is, uh, one, of my, the, one of the ones is, my favorite ones is uh, ba- the Bastards one, because it's all, uh, every, it's just those kinds of scenes, you know? Well, I mean, ultimately, that was Pulp Fiction. It's just that that's yeah. why everyone loved it, is that yeah. it's just tiny snapshots, yeah. thinly strung together, but they're focused scenes. Mm-hmm. His use of the N-word, you know, Sam Jackson talks about it. He gives him a lot of leeway. At least it wasn't white people spewing this shit. It was Sam Jackson, so okay. And I do love Sam Jackson. You know, like there is And he can say that word how, as much as he wants. And he does. And he does, and he does, he does. it well. Because the only per- mouth that should be speaking that word is a mouth that looks like, like his. Like it just shouldn't be <laughs> the people in True Romance or, or fucking Django Unchained or well, the Inglorious Eight, if Hateful Eight or whatever that. I show. never saw Hateful Eight. I try to Don't. avoid things. You I know. think that he I feel is un- I avoided, I avoided Thirty Rock in a lot of ways, and now. Oh, people- and I'm glad that you did, because <laughs> whoa, blackface! What? I mean, I yeah. don't watch it either, so I had no idea. I was like, "What is this? Like, why yeah. are people making a big deal about it?" And I was like, "That was unnecessary. Like, you're trying to make a point." Again, this is the problem with lack of diversity behind the scenes, and it's in every aspect of the of the entertainment industry. If you don't, you know, I think Donald Glover, she kind of meant was his mentor. That was her like protege, protege. Routine effect. Yeah, she yeah. brought him up. Like he got one his first sort of writing gig was on Thirty Rock, but she uh, basically yeah. was like, "I'm bringing you up, but I'm not going to pay you." Mm. So she's still like. <laughs> and but Hannibal he, Burris was also in that room for like just the. A little bit. Probably time. not during the blackface. Um, right? <laughs> I'd be or interested in knowing. One, one episode is like, okay. One episode you're making a point about why it's bad. Right. What's with the other three? Yeah. And also. Why do you keep is, that shit still going? Like The, the whole thing of making a point with blackface. Uh, all right. Okay, I get it. I've made, I made, you know, like for sure I do get it. And I think we have some, we should have some leeway for uh, like uses of it that really show it as being either ugly or casted in an entirely different light and are maybe like some sort of commentary, you know, mm-hmm. like, but even then it's like the thinnest ice of all time. And, okay. and, uh, and then, but like, if you're doing it in a way that is kind of a smug, because the problem is you get into this smugness, right? Where you're like, oh no, I totally get it. And like, well, maybe I, nobody knows each other's intent. Like maybe, but it's kind of ambiguous, you know, or it's like reminding people needlessly of like the worst totally. shit. Um, and this, you know, this <clears throat> kind of thing was a lesson I didn't, I, I personally didn't even learn like until much later, you know, like not much later, but like probably in my 20s because I was super into like shock part mm-hmm. of me still and I was into shock for the reason that I think was good which just like kind of the depressed person's person's reason which is just like let me pull up this rock and show you how gross it all is you know like <laughs> but at some point that becomes nihilism and that just so easily becomes hate so like sort of trying to justify trying to find the reason behind why you're doing something is always a good way to move on from it <laughs> and also see if it's you necessary know? like my that's what i'm saying whole thing is you know the show that 
you have stepped in and helped me on that, you know, I'm sort of continually developing. Oh, that's the best news. <laughs> yeah. Trouble child. So it's very, um, well, I took your advice. You told me, you said, just try writing it in Didi. And so yeah. I did. It took me like a year though. To yeah. Your well, advice. But I did a full year later. Yeah, no, that's fine. A year is fine. Um, I've gone so long in between like non uh, assigned script work. It's, it's one of the most frustrating things in my life. Period. Yeah. It's a, it's really Congratulations, challenging. Though. I mean, I'll send to you. you know, yeah. Save your congratulations. So you're like, Ooh, no, I, I mean, look, you're, you're, you, you have something specific more than anything. Everyone has something specific to share, but you have something that's very timely right now. It's really amazing because we were taught and it's been timely uh, forever. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's but but you know what I mean like right now there is just this everyone's got free time, so <laughs> and, much free time. And, and, and yet somehow in a massive downturn in crime and in people being out somehow the police still managed, still managed to, to murder people fucking people of color and in Canada beat up indigenous thing. chiefs and you know, and murder people of color. Murder murdered people two of color. So far. I mean, I want to know so weeks. much more about Regis uh, Korchowski um, yeah. because she, her, the, the, the fucking chief of police retired like two right days after. I know. And there's and just been another and, one. There was another yes, one this, in Toronto this poor too. South think, Asian man who yep, was 62. A mental, he was having a schizophrenic episode. They and that's say, the same thing with her. They say. They say. I mean, don't forget, like as, as um, someone, well, maybe <clears throat> we talked about this a lot with like mental health and stuff, like misdiagnosis of that kind of stuff is, is rampant. And apparently with people of color, especially women of color, it's even more rampant. And especially, you know, and I would imagine women. So uh, like, who knows what this guy had going on? You know, he had some sort of a small... All we know is that the police shouldn't have been the ones to go and tend to him. It should have been medical professionals that were the first responders. But, and that's the problem. Police should never be... Police should never be first responders at any situation. But, but the, ever. Whole, the whole thing is, you know, with, with what happened... I, I discovered that the Toronto police had been... And this was in Peel region or whatever, which is a much sketchier bunch of mm -hmm. police, actually, um, in terms of their record. You know, and and uh, they, in fact, as a, a, a Peel police officer who uh, beat up this kid uh, terribly and is being sentenced this week, and and a teenager, you know, a black teenager, and and so we'll see how that goes. He'll probably get a somewhat light sentence, or maybe it'll time out well that for optics they won't, uh, they'll, they'll they won't uh, spare him. But either way. They can't. And They've got to throw some of them to the wolves right now. This is they Canada. Don't, they don't want to. This is to. Canada. You don't That's know true. what we're going to do. Like, That's they true. may just try to fucking slide it right that through. That guy them. that shot a, a young indigenous teen on his property in Saskatchewan, cold blood murder. No oh, reason yeah. to murder him. Didn't go to jail. Mm -hmm. So whatever. Yeah. And um, again, Canada's not racist. Yeah. I mean, if you watch that video of that, that fellow being tackled by the RCMP, it's like, I don't know. Someone told me he was, you know, being a uh, belligerent or something that doesn't account for it. I mean, no. my, my whole take is just like the, the problem stems from treating um, people who have like broken the law as they immediately become in a different class of human. As mm -hmm. once subhuman, they become subhuman. They're not. They're not treated. They're they're a second class citizen, you know. And then, depending on this, there's no there's no depending. It's like if you run in the U.S. I don't even understand if someone runs and they're unarmed. Like, can you shoot them? No. 
It's yeah. murder. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. But it's happened so but many they're times. allowed to do it. And, but, and, and they then, get away with it because yeah. in the U.S. in particular, the white supremacy movement infiltrated it quite well. So much so that there is like an FBI and CIA task force for white terrorism because they know yeah. that's the next biggest threat. Well, so they the infiltrated all of law enforcement. They Satanic, uh, the, the, oh, not even just yeah. the Boogaloo thing, but there's like a second thing now that, that, that's like... Uh, I heard the lady on the, the Amy Goodman on Democracy Now talking about it, where it's like it's like a satanic far right. Oh, get out of here I with that shit! Sa Satanists have no time for that shit. Did you, they have they not seen Hail Satan? Like that movement's like, <laughs> oh no, we don't abide by any of that shit. There's the devil's not about racism. What are you talking about? The uh -huh. other thing, you want to be here? You want to worship? <laughs> be free. That's their whole thing. Uh -huh. Be free. Be fair. Well, not these Satanists. They're, They're apparently like the Himmler, you know, uh, Himmler late, late Nazi occult stuff styles. Oh, so they're just yeah. straight up racist, racist. Yeah, they're, they're, like Satan. they're using up. Satan as a guy, but Satan is not about that life. Hmm. That death angel. I'm starting to understand why you got so many of those great ad placements now. Really <laughs> the, the dark angels. Uh, so I'm like, look, Satan's no, not about that life. We, I've talked to Satan and he was like, yo, Ndidi, it's all good, man. Like, if you don't have to worship me, because I was like, I don't really worship you, Satan. I don't. But I respect your positioning and thank you for allowing me to be free in my choice. Satan allows choice. Remember when um, Kanye West in that song goes, Satan, 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 and you're like, the church lady? Did you just the church, <laughs> the church lady? lady? He's yeah, referenced like comedy movies or comedians. So many times. Yeah. I bless Kanye. Oh, he's a hot mess. He's a hot mess. It went, it, it, you know, I mean, I, I haven't followed. I didn't hear the Jesus record. I, um, I kind yeah. of got off the train around the second time when he was like, I love Trump or whatever. Yeah, that's I, when I, most I, of us checked out. That's when most of us said. I gave him a lot of space when he did it the first time. <laughs> I was like... First of all, I, I will never forgive him for introducing me to Candace Owens, but I will, and for what he did to, to raise Candace Owens' stature, that's actually gonna, you know, he might have- That's all, a bigger flaw. Fuck him for it's that. A very prob it's, a, it's a really big problem. Um, and that's not because, you know, people say, oh, you just wanna like, like, get rid of every dissenting voice. It's like, no. No, she's straight up evil and she's just a total lackey. She doesn't, she doesn't even believe what she's she, saying. She, she doesn't, doesn't believe, believe what, what she's, she's saying. saying. She's just she, saying it. She's just like, I, I think that a really bad thing happened in this where like, you know, people who are basically just like you and I are being viewed as like people whose opinions should really be like agreed with and, and, and we're offering new ideas to you. And it's like, they're not like, mm -mm. and and Candace Owens is one of the worst. I, I did not realize mm. it until I saw the Chappelle special, not because of him necessarily, but because of, um, the uh, around that time what she said, and mm. all like that got that got shared around, like it was a neutral black woman speaking out about problems in the black community like like her context was not given when it was shared to a lot of people this is what i'm mm -hmm. understanding and this must happen with a lot of different things she does and so people don't realize she's basically uh funded propaganda i mean that's almost mm -hmm. uh, a, a lot of the the right-wing analysts left ones too you know i've seen a lot of oh people. yeah it's both sides um, do it it's a it's a know. problem 
that we have in this world that we've created these sides like it's fucking star wars like no it's not bitches we're on a planet where we need to find the balance we have both yeah well i mean both sides exist both isms exist in us because it's human nature we are afraid of many things but we are capable of even greater if we get over the fear and evolve it's just like a so so um, infuriating the whole situation she is she is terrible did and you I'm, watch the Chappelle? Did you, we're, we're yeah. did you about watch that? that? I did. It was hard. It was a hard watch. It was a hard watch on a couple levels. Yeah, yeah. He was on fire, but he was also fucked up. If that makes sense. You, like when you say fucked up, do you mean you think he was like drunk or something? Yeah, probably a little drunk, a little high. Because I mean, I, I and I understand why because he's reliving trauma, like. Yeah, I think that that was almost yeah. Like, like it was it was hard to watch. It's like I'm living in that experience of trauma. Past situations are hitting me really hard right now because I've mm-hmm. suppressed a lot of memories. So when I saw Ahmad Aubrey and the truck beside him, a memory flashed and like an actual experience that I had That's came so to the horrible. forefront of my brain, and I felt it in my body again. So I was, it's like honestly, creating that story trauma. should be getting as much. That's just right up there with the cop stuff. Those guys are fucking cops. They were know? cops. Yeah, they, they well, were they, cops. They might as well still be, you know, with the way <laughs> I mean, that guy was acting. It's just like it, this trauma is so for. There is a commoditization and a mass murder of, of African bodies, of bodies of African descent, more so. I mean, currently in Africa, there are women and men being trafficked into the Middle East and sold on slave blocks. This is still happening in 20 fucking 20. What Different parts of the fa- Middle East? <clears throat> uh, I know that they're taking a lot of people from Libya. Yeah, I was thinking Libya. And um, what's another one? I mean, who knows what's going on in... Yeah, it's Syria, migrants Yemen. being... Yeah, it's like... Uh, yeah. Yemen, it's... Yeah. And no, then it's... that... No, uh, Libya, they're coming from Chad and Niger. Places yeah. where there's a lot of unrest. So they're going in and... I think Chi- China recently has had uh, a Oh, China's doing racism. some shit in Africa. Though. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's been racism against people of um, in Chinese China. descent. Oh, well, that's not, no, I mean, China, uh, there were Nigerian men who were traced to newer COVID cases mm, and they great. sparked like a sort of shunning of black <clears throat> people in general, I think, in the country. So, uh, or at least in the regions of the country. That well, were, China's uh, complicated because they're going into Africa and essentially trying to recolonize it. I believe that 100%. No, but it's it's actually... No, I mean, I really do. They're going in and buying... Oh, God. So it's this weird thing. Like, they're fighting for the resources to pull them away from the other colonizers. I mean, should... I mean, they're they're doing it around the world. Like, the mainland. country? Where can I live? Are you Googling Uh, that? Yes. (laughs) Probably New Zealand. I mean... How's this sound? I am just... I don't have a, my uh, New Zealand, I don't have my Kiwi passport. But, uh, <laughs> it's not bad. I've got a Canadian one. Can I it's try a that? Slightly, slightly. Um, yeah, it's in Libya. They're being sold and then shipped out. Well, I don't like it. It's not bad. Your accent's hovering on Australian, though, I think. I, think it's, I don't like that at all. Oh, there we go. Better, better. I think it's pretty bad. And then the Australians were like, 
oh, I gotta like this if I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the store and I'm gonna pour a bunch of the peanut brittle all over the floor. Floor. I mean, oh. I don't know about that. I think your New oh. Zealand is better. No, I can do Australian, but um, was that appropriate of when I did the DJ? <laughs> I mean, I loved it. I personally found it to be funny. So, um, I, the but Dave, yeah, it's like a whole situation. Dave Chappelle. It yeah. was a hard watch. It was. Yeah, there's hard... a lot going on in it. You're right. He did have that drunk guy kind of thing when he was sort of. I mean, you know, like he's a teenage boy. That's that's how I view this guy. He's like a very, very, very smart guy with uh, this teenage sensibility because that's when his stand-up started succeeding you know that's mm-hmm. when people started going you're awesome you know and on mm-hmm. some level i think we have the first time someone really validated us as a bit of a motivator in our mm-hmm. for, for what we do so you know um attacking you know women a lot and stuff was not attacking trans, him, his transphobia well that's going that that's that, that's going back to the other one and 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 I agree with you know th- that being like an an uncomfortable choice uh, for him to try to make. He's kind of like a pro. I think of him like a prog rocker or something. Like sometimes he does this <laughs> stuff just to show you like all he the can. notes he can play on on yeah. the guitar. And I I think that the trans thing was a bit of a like kind of came out of the oven too too fast, and it was part of a special that came out of the oven too fast where he was. I agree. Depressed. I agree. It's called Sticks and Stones for a reason. He's yeah. actually trying to like <clears throat> um, kind of send a, a larger message, but I think that is such a subtle thing that I take that might not even be true, um, except he does seem like a pretty humanist person from what I can tell. You know, I agree with that. I and, agree with that assessment. I mean, he's a very interesting Yeah, a lot person. of contradictions. Um, but that trauma was hard, you know? And and he's someone who I just think really thinks that the black male in America is like the most hunted person, for lack of a better word. And but he's I'm not, not wrong. He's not well, wrong. That, that, but, but the black woman is just one step well, below. Well, well, and, and admittedly, you know, I don't think I've seen uh, him go after black women. No. Like really not. at all. I, he's I not think done that. He's not uh, done the, that. The closest I, I, I've seen is when he calls out white women and secretly, I fucking love it. Like when he said that, even in that last special, when he was like, white women, shut the fuck up. It's terrible. I don't actually agree with it, but like that. No, I do. I mean, I do. <laughs> I, to, I do. Listen, I definitely And the white do. women are learning to shut the fuck up because no, they some need of them to. Some of them are. The ones it's always the ones who don't. Right? It's always the ones who kind of don't need to who are, are like, I'm going to listen and yeah. doing all the work. You're like, you, you guys know, have always been doing And they're the just work. like, but I, I love you. You know, and then it's like, like get that other bitch to shut up, please. And then you wind up with like all of these different cases. And, but, but yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I got in a, a slight Instagram something with this rapper I like called Mr. Motherfucking Esquire. I mean, and he's, his name is Mr. Yeah, he's got a great Esquire. song called Huzzah. You should check it out. All right. And great. it's old. Now he's gotta... put out tons of stuff since then. But yeah. he's a very talented rapper. And uh, my <clears> friend <throat> Anusha posted this uh, like Instagram thing that just said, misogynists can't be revolutionary. And um, I was like, I agree with what you're saying, but I think that his special had um wasn't even he wasn't even like 
trying to say he's being revolutionary. He was just kind of trying to let you into this pain that he was feeling and, and what his thoughts were right now. I don't think it was, and he even says fuck celebrities at one point, you know? So, so the joke, the thing is like, he's trying to say even his opinion isn't important in this. He's not participating, you know, he's just taking in the pain. And uh, so, and, and he sees who's really wrecking it, the Laura Ingrams and the uh, Candace Owens and the George mm -hmm. Zimmermans, you know? And, uh, and then Mr. Motherfucking Axfire just wrote, he's like, that's all you got out of, that's all you, that's everything you got out of that, uh, what he did. And then he did like the crying, laughing thing. And I was like, no, I was just trying to get my friend to watch the special because she refused to watch it because she, she's basing it on the Chappelle stuff she saw that she was like, fuck this, you know? It's not a comedy. All you need to say is he's yeah. not being funny. There's a, do yeah. a dollop of humor, but he's not being funny. And if you want to, you know, wake up to some shit, take a peek. Because he does let you in on a story that I didn't know about. Uh, which one? The one about Ohio? The guy in Ohio? Well, that's intense because that cop just gave him a warning. <laughs> literally the day before and murder somebody the next fucking day. It's madness. And then when he's talking about, you know, the um, African-American vet who was a cop. Uh, oh, Chris Dormer. Yes. Yeah, and Christopher like, Dormer. And it's like, oh, interesting. And just how he brought that back to like, these are war vets seeing a threat and going, I need to protect America. Yeah, I mean, that and that's one a really interesting, it's a very powerful point to be like, shit, you're not wrong. These are traumatized people of color that have gone in the field to fight for the United States. And then yeah. they come back and they're being hunted. What do you do when you're taught that you need to save your countrymen from a threat? I mean, ideally, you don't kill the families. Of <laughs> no, that was, he was on some other shit. Like, yeah, he went, I mean, he, he, went he, you know, he went far. He went far. He yeah, went far. Yeah, but, but, but I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> put off by that. I'm just kind of, I'm sure that someone like, you know, we all know that that was like an uh, inexcusable shit. And then he killed himself. He went nuts, basically. And, uh, but that being said, um, the reasons, like what happened to him in the forest probably was uh really hard to take and if he did have trauma and mental health stuff going on and every police officer does and one of color might even have just so much more to kind of wade through i don't know you know but but uh it's i mean when we were talking about sending in the cops on a mental health call uh it's like you kind of need to because if in the case where they say they're armed like just that's just how I can't see a way of getting around that in the system as it exists now. But in Toronto, the whole thing that is horrible about that is that on your normal mental health call, there is a social worker who accompanies, who accompanies the police. However, mm -hmm. in Ontario and um, unless they're armed, <laughs> if they're armed, if they're described as armed, if there's a thing where they say there might be a weapon, the social worker can't go. But I think that's where we need to, that Fine. needs to change. There Something needs, needs you to You know, change. they need, because the fact is, A, you don't know if that person's really armed before you get there. Exactly. You, you don't fucking know that. You can't base anything on somebody else's, what they're Buffing saying. Call, you don't yeah. know what the web, you don't know what it is. So always bring, like, there just needs to be safety training. And police, if you're going to be a cop, you should just, A, not be allowed to have a weapon and B, taught how to de-escalate. And if you can't, you have to go in your fucking car. Like if you yeah. feel yourself, if, and if you feel yourself reacting from adrenaline out of fear, don't be a fucking cop. 
Like if you can't be cool under pressure, then you should not be doing this job. So we need an actual proper assessment. Like an, we need mental health screening for people that want to become cops. They need to be uh, screened and the training needs to be way longer. In North yeah. America, it's a very short time frame. I saw that This is like Germany yeah, and like Finland. It's university like two, degree. Three, yeah, yeah, you could get a fucking degree. I yes, mean, that, if that, you want to be that only you makes get a fucking to. degree. Because I, you need to know things. I think <laughs> it's interesting just seeing the distinction now between the military and the police. There's uh, no well, but, but, but hear me out. Like um, in the public's discussion, because I think there is a little means, and it has, I think, something to do with this perception that the military isn't supporting Trump as much lately, but it's like... No, not at all. Well, it's a perception, you know, that mm -hmm. is... Because General Mattis... You remember, this resistance, hashtag resistance stuff is, like, all about whoever's criticizing Trump, like, is mm -hmm. suddenly purified, whether it's, like, David Frum or Andrew Sullivan or... Uh, you know, uh, Matt, General Mad Dog Mattis and lots of different people and John Bolton. <laughs> well, they, they know it though. It's, the thing about those people is that at the end of the day, they just care about their personal power. They don't really give a shit about Trump. They don't, they don't really give a shit about Bob. They don't really give a shit about being Republicans, not Republicans. It doesn't yeah. matter. They just they don't give a shit power. about me too. They don't give a no. shit about... They just about... give a shit about whatever will make them look good to maintain their position of power. All they ever want to do is, it's true, it's like maintain a status quo that has mm -hmm. like um has like an element of kindness but it's like sort of like a condescending amount of kindness yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense yes. you know and like and and celebrity like americans and canadians who also definitely uh the ambition of fame is mm -hmm. is rarely as transparent as saying i want to go from low tier famous to mid to high tier i know i just said top bottom top low bottom. top low top yeah. So I'm like, like I said, I was pretty specific. I was specific. Blip, blip. I wanted to make an amendment to my statement. Migrants from Nigeria, Chad, and Cameroon are going into Libya and being sold to slave into slavery. Oh my God. Just let me amend the situation. So they're going because they're desperate, because conditions aren't good, and they're migrating to Europe, but then it turns out to be a really bad situation. As we know uh, from all the Nigerians that died off the coast of Italy when they tried to get in. So. Uh, it's all Women so and children. <laughs> that was like two years ago, so or last year, whatever. Okay, Didi, here's what you gotta do. Yes. I feel like I've done a lot of like, all right, Didi, this is what you gotta do. You can do this, right? But you know, I don't mean, I'm not really trying to mansplain what you have to do. I just don't know how to just properly segue. Just segue. Mansplain. Uh, just explain, explain. Here's what you gotta do. What do I gotta do? Let me tell you what you got to do. Okay, tell me what I got to do. I'd like, we sh you got to come back sometime. I am. I'm always, I mean, come I'm Come on the show and we'll talk about stuff. And Oh, man. Oh, I we mean, love to gab. I was supposed to be in Toronto. Oh. I was supposed to be back. I was supposed to be back home in Vancouver and then heading to Toronto in the summer. But Sorry. now I can't even get across the border. Right now. I mean, I can go home whenever I want. I'm Canadian, so I don't have to stay here. But getting home is a yeah. tricky bitch right now because there's no uh, flight. Oh, no, there's one a day, and it costs like $5,000. It is $1,200 to fly one direction from Toronto to, to LA right now. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Bucks. I was thinking of taking a trip, but I guess that's going to be delayed. Do you want to go down to like the hot spot of COVID? Do you want to come on into COVID land? God, Glendale. <laughs>
when I'm walking down to COVID Avenue because you know, it I, fire. I miss Glendale. Glendale. Even with the uh, um, mm. even with the COVID thing, I still would probably hit up uh, what's it called, Glen uh, Glendale Galleria. Is that oh, what's that? Gallery Americana. Uh, yeah, I like the gallery even more. You like the gallery? Oh, you like the indoor better than the outdoor. Yeah, my friend took me to Spencer's Gifts there, and I, I've never looked back. <laughs> Spencer's <laughs> Gifts is amazing. Also in the gallery is this thing called The Void. Wow. Fun times. The Void is like virtual reality, like oh, story I saw, adventure. Oh, I saw that. They had a Star Wars they have one, one there they have one in was Toronto. Like three or four years ago. They have one in Toronto, too, and it's they have this one called Nicodemus, and it's... Yeah pretty scary not i find lie. um toronto and la are like like twin cities of lame shit <laughs> if that makes sense yeah, like some crappy so new gimmick lands in both places at the same time totally okay but um so people can go find trigger happy yeah boga Spotify. tell me about that band boga it is a modern trip-hop band formed by myself and my partner his name is Nisha Chilik and he's a, good is a producer out of Toronto he's a great man I loved your wedding thank you it was Welcome. a fun time it feels yeah. like a million years ago like last uh, year feels like a million years ago this year like, feels like it's it, been it's like three years ago yeah that doesn't feel that long ago I got that was the only time I've been to Ojai was so in? nice there wasn't it nice yeah. remember that remember that fun times we had more, so more. pretty yeah. Yeah, so we have a band, and we've been making songs for quite some time, since about 2015, and mm -hmm. we just sort of keep on keeping on, and slowly we're building a fan base, but this is the year we start to do more. So it's really, <clears throat> I come from blues, country folk world, he comes from the hip-hop world, but we both love 90s trip-hop, yeah. and so we're like, nope. You know, I've always wanted to make music in that vein. One of my first bands, Stop Die Resuscitate. I've always been trying to like, oh yeah, Stop Die Resuscitate. I've always been trying to have electronic bands. I <laughs> like always, it well. I <laughs> from the it well. start, I've been trying yeah. to have electronic bands. That was and from so, the controller controller era of yeah. Toronto rock. Wow, Shit, remember that time? I remember those there, I do. I mean, I was just talking about the green room today. Uh, you know, I mean, what were those days? I sometimes remember and then I sometimes don't like I remember being there but I don't remember being there if that I feel the sense. same way I, I would go there like almost every day it feels like or did I you know what I mean it, you, like, I don't know <laughs> the same with like I know I was playing show I know I was hanging out with people but people would tell me stories about me and I was like was I there did, Emily Mover first... was on this podcast too and she worked she in the green the room thing. as well yes, we and, and we talked all about the green room and it was like Oh, I've never been me. somewhere. I was saying what was good about it was like basically you the the mostly female wait staff, mm -hmm. a couple males, um who are like the original, like uh what would you call it? Like super feminine energy males like but <laughs> yeah. but like straight so like they dated like everybody who, who they were working with like immediately yeah and, but it was anyway it was uh it was like you were the people you were in command of everyone there like the actual people who went there were like I'd say 70%. Yeah, like, we didn't give a shit about burnout, the drags, totally. beings, Like Either like the dumbest young people or like oh, the yeah. seediest hippie. Oh, like, yeah. 
like nomad, you know, who's, uh, or, or like pseudo poet. It was like, it was very much like a twist on beat culture that nobody asked yes. for nor wanted yes. nor going anywhere. <laughs> yes. And yes. I ate, but I loved everyone who worked there. So I remember just yeah. like feeling so much inspiration. And I also, it was near my house. So, yeah, you know, it was such a weird place. I mean, it was a hard job. The hours were fucking insane. I was pretty much getting drunk before every shift. Didn't matter, day or night, every time. Yeah. Because, and progressively drunker throughout the shift because it was just so long and hard. But what was great was that, you know, the team, like, like you said, all of us that worked there, we were all friends and mm -hmm. we were literally in charge. The people that owned the place really trusted us and we didn't let them down. You know, like we took charge. We made sure shit was happening. We made sure shit was clean. And if we didn't like you, we would just kick you out. And they backed us up in that. <laughs> so I've, I'd never worked. And since then, I've never worked um, at a place in the service industry where I had that much power over the actual clientele. Like right. they didn't, the owners of the green didn't give a fuck. <laughs> they had money coming from other places. This was just like funneling shit in. They did not give a fuck. So they're like, yeah, you don't like this person? Kick him out. Don't serve him. We don't care. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. That, that's great. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, does it? No. Uh, it does. They reopened it. Um, really? I don't know what the ownership is, uh, but I, I think that if I know Toronto, they're doing just fine. The people who ran that, they're probably owning more things than ever. And uh, oh yeah, Vicky. You know, Vicky was my money. Vicky main was boss. it George? Was that the other guy? Something like George. That? Yeah, I fucking yeah. loved Vicky. I loved Vicky. And yeah, Vicky she was cool me. as hell. We had we had a we had a good relationship. She's she great wasn't, hair. She I had remember. great hair, and she, she was very long, right? And if she trusted you and saw that you were like hardworking and honest, she was like ride or die. Your friend hooked you up you know, made sure your tips were never fucked with. Like she was super solid. If you were lazy or if you were like, she just didn't like you, it sucked for you there. You wouldn't last long. And this, so this review of the green room is brought to you, brought to you by the green room. <laughs> okay, and Ndidi, Ndidi O. This is the green room in the year 2003. Like don't, I don't know what it is now. Okay, Ndidi, I'm going to leave you be for now. Yes. It's been a joy and a pleasure same. I hope that something interesting happened in our conversation. I had a great just time. having fun. I had a great time. I miss you. you I my miss friend. you too. That's and so nice of you to say. I look forward to speaking to you further. Me too. It's going to be great. Let's actually have a phone catch up or something or no, yeah, without like a, being recorded soon. And we can yeah, talk let's do more. That about what's what what's up <laughs> but what is happening in the what's, world because we're what's clearly authoritors oh we're so smart things we're so smart we and certainly what we say matters <laughs> so much yeah i'm i'm rogan <laughs> and, and you're i don't want to be owen so i'm not gonna be whitney. i'm not gonna be i'm gonna be you're whitney oh whitney oh god are we talking about that pervert Pedophiles and comedy? Is that no. comedy? But look, I mean, yeah, Ooh, hot a, mess. This is all just hot the worst. Mess. Life is crazy. Um, all right. Send me that script. I'm going to. <laughs> On that note. You know Andy Lloyd? No, I don't think. Oh, well. Do I know Andy Lloyd? I don't know. Where would I know Andy from? He played in a band called Spitfires and Mayflowers and then Born Ruffians. And, uh, oh, maybe he, I do. He's a very nice guy. Uh, he has dark hair and he's producing the podcast. So I shouldn't have asked you like this because now 
Born Ruffians, Andy, Andy, I might know you and you might know me. If you know me and have a memory of me, I hope I wasn't a dickhead because well, I I'll, could be. I'll tell you what, he's going to put a nice picture of you. And then draw devil horns. I remember that. I don't think he'll draw devil. I remember that. He might for fun. Andy, if you feel like I deserve Satan horns, okay, I accept. I will take (laughs) that shame because I was probably not nice, and I'm sorry. I don't have any memory. I was maybe drunk. Don't touch Indeedy's hair. (laughs) Just don't touch my hair. But you can draw devil horns on it. Draw devil horns on it all you want, but don't turn the hair into devil horns. Unless you're her hairdresser at Halloween. So um, on that note, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. I'm it's so glad that you got your, I, I think you'll, you're going to do your damnedest with this new environment we're in. And look, I got nothing. Please. We're going to, we're going to get to the top, bottom of the it. top. But we'll when I to get the to the bottom of the, of the top, I bring everybody with me. So we're all going to the bottom it's of like the top. Dress. All my homies getting paid. <laughs> Exactly. All I don't, of them. Did Drake say that? I don't know, but probably something like that. Not also, like just that. do yourself a favor and just watch the fucking jaw rule. Sorry, okay. I swear a lot. Is swearing loud? Sorry. Yes, of course. Just watch the jaw rule commercial and then shoot me a text about your thoughts and feelings because we'll there are some thoughts and feelings that I feel like you might have because it's I'm pretty looking insane. I'll, I'll, I'll remember to give my thoughts and feelings at the beginning of the episode. Yes, it, before so. you start about like, Aditi made me watch the yeah. Jaw Rule commercial. Maybe I'll say at the end because it's closer. Whatever, just like watch the Jaw Rule commercial and tell me what you think. Will do. And that was my joyful chat with Ndidi O. Ndidi, can't wait to hang out in real life. When is this going to happen? Ugh. I'm not bummed. I'm happy. Things are good. Things are fine. But let's face it, to record, the best way to record means I have to turn the fan off in this room. So I'm sweating and that has me a little anxious. But I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want you to be worried. I want you to acknowledge your stress, and just let it go. Just let it fly away into the ether. I hope that it's gone now, and I can tell you about the Ja Rule Greek food commercial. I watched it. It's really fun. It's very silly. Um, It made me happier than anyone who tried to buy tickets to Fire Festival ever will be again. And uh, I just, I was into it. Supporting small business is very important. It looks like a very big business, but it's a mom and pop shop, as they say. And uh, yeah, it's basically him dancing Greek style and being really silly. It looks like an SCTV ad. It is cute. And then it's even funnier. I watched this video afterwards about like how he wound up doing it. And it's like this weird, like it's called pitch. I don't even understand it's for some kind of web series idea that he has, but it doesn't have that many views considering how popular the video was. The thing where he's talking to the guy from the Greek restaurant has like 20,000 views and explaining why it exists. Like people don't want to know why things exist. I think that's something we've forgotten in this culture we live in now of everything needing to be explained, how something was made needing to be explained is maybe a little mystery, please. 
How about this? Coronavirus as it stands, take away the mystery. People's fun art projects add the mystery. People's weird, off, strange personalities add the mystery. Diseases take away the mystery. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to go to Ndidi's website, ndidio.ca, or look up Boga on your platform of choice. Trigger Happy is their newest single, and check out Ndidi's album these days. And I hope you're well, and I hope you have a wonderful day or night whenever you're listening to this. Thanks. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Weekly. Oh, man. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly.